with any of my clients, we always start with your vision. Like what, what do you want? Even look right. 10 years from now, like what do you want your life to be? What do you want? What is your lifestyle? What do you want when it comes to your career? And why do you want it? Welcome to the Strong Writing Podcast, where we build our songwriting muscles together. My guest today is Diane Foy. She's a personal branding and PR expert who empowers multi-passionate artists, musicians, and actors to slide into the spotlight with the impact and income to match. As a multi-passionate creative entrepreneur, Diane loves that she can draw on her photography, fashion, and makeup artistry experience one day, and her journalist, publicist, and marketing experience the next. That diverse background allows her to encourage artists to embrace their authenticity, creativity, and purpose as their unique superpower. And Diane is also the host of the Multi-Passionate Artists podcast, which you should totally subscribe to right now. Well, right after you've subscribed to the Strong Writing Podcast, of course. But it's fantastic. And uh, Diane introduced me to this multi-passionate concept during our conversation. And you're going to hear me get extremely excited during this conversation because I finally understood that I'm, I'm not abnormal. So keep watching because this is going to get really, really interesting. And if you are multi-passionate, or even if you're just uh, an artist who wants to get empowered in terms of personal branding and PR and things like that, you should definitely listen to this episode or watch if you're watching the video because we get into a lot of great stuff during this conversation. I had a lot of fun talking to Diane, and I can't wait to share it with you. But before we get into my conversation with Diane, I want to tell you about today's sponsor, which is the Indie Bible. If you are an independent artist, you need to be putting your best foot forward and being proactive in your music through radio airplay, reviews, interviews, and features. The Indie Bible will help you Build your brand with contact information for over 7,000 radio stations, music blogs, and magazines that want to hear your story and showcase your music. Listings are from the United States, Canada, the UK, Europe, Australia, Asia, and everywhere else. If you're ready to start reaching out and getting some ears on your music, visit strongwriting.net slash bundle to get instant access to the best deal on the Indie Bible Ultimate Bundle today. If you use that link, you'll be letting them know that I sent you, and that will help me out a lot. If you're new here, make sure to subscribe to the show, and don't forget to leave comments and reviews wherever you are, because that really helps me to reach more people. If you're serious about your songwriting, visit strongwriting.net today and take my new quiz to discover the exact area you should work on today to make your art even stronger than it already is. Strongwriting.net also has a bunch of free resources for songwriters, and that's where you'll find the show notes to each episode. All right, let's get into my conversation with Diane Foy. All right, Diane Foy, welcome to uh, the uh, Strongwriting Podcast. I hope I got your name right. Yes, thank okay, you good. so much for having me. This will be fun. Yeah, thanks so much for coming. So, uh, we're, I, I'm very excited to talk to you about a lot of different things because I've been uh, reading some of your stuff and going through your things. And there are a lot of things that you talk about that I'm very excited about, including personal branding and, and multidisciplinary artists and, and all kinds of things. But before we get stuck in, I'd love for you to tell us more about yourself, a little bit about your journey and where you come from and, and so on and so forth. Cool. I, I feel like my journey story is so long because I've changed careers a lot. I've done a lot of things, but it's all led me to where I am now. <laughs> yes, that's, that's how it is. We've got time. Don't worry. <laughs> okay. So in the beginning, no, um, <laughs> I've always loved born at an early age. Yeah. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> arts and entertainment has just been my life. It's what I'm passionate about. 
and I was way too shy to be a performer myself when I was a kid. So I was attracted to musicians and actors and movies and television. And, and it was like the world that artists created for us. I would just was obsessed with it. And so when it came time to, well, what are you going to be when you grow up? <laughs> or high school when they tell you when you got to pick a career. Yeah. I was not sure what I wanted to do, but I was like, I think I need to do something music industry or entertainment industry. So I pulled out my Pat Benatar tour book and went to the back and looked at all the job descriptions. And I either didn't know what they were or wasn't interested. And I saw a photographer and I was like, okay, I'm going to be a photographer. <laughs> I didn't have a camera or anything. I was just like, I'm going to be a photographer. That's it. So in high school, 11, 12, I was taking photography. Then I did a two-year intensive technical photography program. And it was a lot of work, but it was what I wanted to, it was my way in. It was my way in to get with artists. And so when I finished school, I also um, went into fashion photography and I always wanted to shoot actors and, and models and musicians. And then I transitioned to be a makeup artist. I was a makeup artist for a long time. And the same pattern is I had a full-time job as a makeup artist, but on my own time, I was doing music videos and photo shoots with actors and musicians and performers and all that stuff was exciting to me. Um, then I did try some music journalism and obviously I wanted to be in the music industry. And so when I was kind of bored of, you know, the thing about a multi-passionate is we dive in hundred percent when we're interested in something and then yep. we kind of get bored. <laughs> and so yes. that already is why I was a photographer. I was never bored as a photographer. I just fell into makeup and then that became fascinating. So I just followed it and didn't yep. pick up a camera for a while, at, you know, and then, but then I was so bored of my makeup job. And again, it was just, it was the life I wanted to be around. It wasn't necessarily my love of that art. And so I went to entertainment management school. I learned everything to do with the music business. People that I, I guess, cause I'd already been around musicians, people that I'd known for years are telling me like, seems like you should have been doing this a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, why didn't you tell me? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I started my publicity company. So I was a music publicist and worked bands, musicians. I, after a couple of years, I started doing actors and films and film festivals as well and artists. And I loved it. I did it for 16 years and that's a whole other roller coaster of highs and lows. And, and yes, I've got to work with some famous people but majority is working with independent artists and helping them go from unknown to known. And over the years, publicity changed, the media's changed. It's harder and harder to get press for independent artists. And it became frustrating that in order to get press, you need to have an artist needs to have like an interesting story. They need to have a professional image. They need to have social media activity. They have to have a fan base or media doesn't care. Same with the industry. They don't care. Like no matter how amazing your music is, there's a lot of talented artists. And if, yep. and you know, I know sometimes artists get frustrated when they see someone maybe not as talented as you getting all the attention, but why is that? They're probably yeah. putting themselves out there more. And so as a publicist, it was getting frustrating that people would come to me. I got a new album. I got something to promote. I need a publicist. And then I would look at all their stuff and go, 
honestly, you're wasting your money. You know, PR marketing agencies, they're not cheap. It's expensive. And if you're not ready, you're wasting your money. And, but a lot of artists, I think they struggle and they just want that quick fix. And if hiring someone's going to, you know, do all that promotion stuff for them, but then in the end, they're always disappointed in the results because can only do so much. And so I'd always be like, okay, now go figure out your story, get active on social media, build your fan base, then we can do publicity. And then I felt like they were kind of like, well, but I don't know how to do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it occurred to me that I could have a bigger impact as a coach. And instead of just sending them on their way, you know, wake me up when you got your shit together. I was, as a coach, I'm able to help you do that. And in some ways it was a struggle coaching musicians um, because, oh, PR and marketing, you, I, I want, yes, I'll hire you as a coach and you can teach me all that marketing and publicity and, and social media stuff. But they wanted to skip the personal branding. Oh. They they wanted to go straight to promoting. And I'm like, but you don't know what you're promoting yet. Right. And that's the key is the personal branding. And so that's kind of how I ended up here. I, and I love it that it kind of incorporates everything I've done. And, you know, my photography and makeup and fashion industry, that comes into it as well when it talks when you're talking about image and branding and personal branding. And it's just like, I feel now it's like a dream job because all this knowledge that I have in my head is multi-passionate. So we like, we're obsessive when we are interested in something. So like, I know so much, I've experienced so much. I've seen, I've witnessed all kinds of artists, you know, struggle and succeed and, that's how I came up with this fans media and industry attraction method. And also even realizing that it's fans media and industry is what you need because you want to make a living as a musician or an artist and you you're confused. You don't know how to do it. You're like, that's why sometimes you, you know, throw out money at marketing firms and, PR because you're like, I don't know what to do. I just want, I want to make a living at this. I want people to know who I am and, and appreciate my art, my creativity. And then I was kind of figuring that, well, you need the fan base. If you don't have that media and industry don't care. Mm -hmm. And if you start to get the fan base, then the media and industry are come. And especially if you have, you know, the fan base, the social media activity, um, the story to tell, the media starts to be interested, then the industry will come. So especially with musicians, I always hear like, well, I can't really do much until I get an agent. That's not how it works. Yeah. (laughs) So, Yeah. yeah. So now I can just share all my knowledge and, I created this method where we start with what it is you really want. What's your vision? Yeah, your why. So your important. Why. It's, yeah, what I, do you want I, and why do you want it? Yeah, exactly. And I think it's so powerful. You know, anything when it comes to this, I know that uh, us artists, we tend to the business side and the the practical things and anything that's not the creative part tends to be you know it's a yeah we see it as a necessary evil and then it can be hard also you know once you really get the hang of it and you start to know okay all right so i need to do this on social media and i need to have a mailing list and i need to blah 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 and then uh that can take over. And so, you know, I've certainly had months where I've done a lot of that stuff, but I haven't written any music and it's like, well, you know, so you need that balance. And in, in my experience, all of these things, uh, and not, not just for, uh, for artists, I mean, for, for 
any kind of entrepreneur, because as artists in today's business, that's what we are. We're entrepreneurs. It can get so overwhelming. You know all the things. You know what to do. I mean, we. I think everybody gets that, yeah, you need social media. Yeah, you need PR. Yeah, you need all these things. You need marketing. And, and we can look up all these things. We can read all the books. We can read all the blogs and listen to all the podcasts. But it's so overwhelming to just think, okay, what's my next step? What's the, where do I go? And that's where I think coaching is so powerful. Um, and I, I, I think anybody who's thinking of spending a huge amount of money on marketing or a PR firm or whatever, spend the money on a coach to help you do it yourself because that's sustainable. It's, you know, I mean, a PR campaign, sure, that can be great. It can also fail, but it, it can work, but it's one thing. Yeah. If you learn to do it yourself, then you're set for your career. Even if you hire somebody later to do it, at least you know what they're yeah. doing and why they're doing it. So I think uh, that's my you know, mission is to turn all my clients into like a publicist media agent's dream, you yeah. know? Um, Cause yes, at some point you're going to want to hire it out, but until you figure out, your story, your authenticity, you know, what you're about and figure out the social media thing. A social media manager can't pretend to be you. They can't, and they don't know who you are deeply. And until you figure that out, they can only do so much. And same with publicity, you need to figure out all this stuff and then, and start to get your own publicity, you start to get your own press. Like there's a lot of music blogs you can start with and podcasts and you work your way up to Rolling Stone. You, you can't start <laughs> yeah. at Rolling Stone. Exactly. Not no. even Dr. Hook no. could start and with then that. A publicist or an agent, they can come along and take you to that next level and get those things that you can't get on your own. Yeah. yeah there exactly. comes a time for that. But most people want to skip to there <laughs> and then and, are frustrated. And of course, because, because it's overwhelming. It's hard. Exactly. And you don't know where to start. I mean, most people don't. So yeah. You know, it, it can be it can be so hard. So yeah, I mean I I can't uh I can't say enough about you know, I I've had coaching uh for for my uh, uh business and I've had uh mentors for my music and for my music business and things and it's just it makes everything so much easier. So yeah. um, I wanna I wanna dive into your uh, the fans media industry attraction playbook that I've I've been looking at, and I just normally I wait until the end, but I just think that anybody listening we should say right now where can they get this because it's a fantastic resource. Yeah, you can go to dianefoy.com slash freebie and download it there, and it's just this. It gives you the roadmap. It gives you the step-by-step of what ideally you need to do to get yeah. to where you want to go. And, and, and it's, I mean, it, I, again, you know, I've been reading through it and this is honestly such a fantastic resource. I, I check out a lot of these free resources online and a lot of them are fluff and, you know, not you know, sure, you know, yeah, you get a little bit, but then mostly they're just, uh, uh, you know, this could have been a blog post kind of thing. Yeah. This is so much more. This is, uh, I, I just love it. So, you know, the first thing is uh, personal branding. And like I said before, I'm, I, I, I love branding. So tell us, like, where do you start when, you, when it comes to branding yourself as an artist, when it comes to, comes to personal branding? Yeah, with with any of my clients, we always start with your vision. Like, what what do you want? Even look right. 10 years from now. Like, what do you want your life to be? What do you want? What is your lifestyle? What do you want when it comes to your career? And why do you want it? Because, like, you can want to be Beyonce all you want, but are you going to do the work to get yeah. there? And do you even want that lifestyle? That's not for everyone. That's superstardom. Mm-hmm. Like that's a whole other thing. And and if you're and we also talk about your core values. 
you know, if your core values are family and security and, you know, these are not the values of someone who's going to have to be a super, who wants to be a superstar, who's going to make the sacrifices and right. maybe be away from family or in order to get there, not have security. Mm -hmm. So that's why it's so important to really start with like what it is you really want and why do you want it? Why are you pursuing this career in the arts? And that's kind of usually the most breakthrough session I have with artists because your first answer is always going to be superficial. Like I love music, yeah. you know, and then the deeper you get into it, it always comes back to a certain event or happening in a childhood that drew you to music, drew you to songwriting. I work with actors and other types of, of artists as well. It's, it's like, what drives you? Yeah. And without that, I find it's too easy to quit because we all know this is hard. <laughs> oh, it's yeah. hard to make a living. It's hard to get there. And <sighs> if you're going to get knocked down and if you don't have that core why motivation, you're going to quit. You're going to like, it's not going to be, you're not going to be able to get back up. And so having yeah. that core motivation of why you want this, that picks you back up and makes you keep going. So that's kind of the beginning of personal branding your core values. We talk about limiting beliefs. We mm -hmm. all have them. You know, I hear musicians often, it's like, oh, social media is a waste of time. And it's like, they dismiss it. And, but it's really just, you're afraid of it. You're overwhelmed with it. You don't understand how it works. And it seems way too overwhelming. And it is. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh yeah. Social media. <laughs> I'm overwhelmed and exhausted from it. And I know the ins and outs and yeah. trying to keep up with it. It's hard. And so, yeah, so that is sometimes you have limiting beliefs of like why you don't push your comfort zone for something. Mm -hmm. Maybe you avoid any, I find anything you procrastinate on, there's probably a limiting belief there. That's, mm -hmm. you know, you're holding back. You know, you're nervous to make that phone call you need to make or put yourself on video or share your vulnerable stories that comes next in personal branding. Mm -hmm. That's, it's by the way, because uh, I've, I've suffered from anxiety and that the worst thing you can do when you have anxiety about something is not do it. Yeah. <laughs> because because then you're you're perpetuating it and you're rewarding the avoidance because you yeah. feel better when you don't do it. So I think it was Eleanor Roosevelt who said you should do something every day that scares you or something like that. Yeah. So, and it gets always. easier the more you push yourself. Like, yeah. I'm not the performer. I'm the behind the scenes girl. But these days, everyone has to be visible and put themselves oh, yeah. out there and tell stories and be vulnerable. And that's just the way it is. So I've had to suck it up and do it too. So... <laughs> <laughs> So, and the more you do it, the easier it gets. And so the next part of personal branding and basically the core of everything is storytelling. Yes. It's what is your story? If I read one more bio of so-and-so grew up in, he's this old, she's in this city, he had the guitar. Oh my God, who cares? Like, <laughs> you know, that's what most bios of independent artists read and, tell me something that really grabs me. And so I work with artists and we figure out, we explore your story. Like what are the highlights? Again, what is your why? But what, you know, experiences have you had along the way that drew you to music? What is your story? What are your interests outside of music? What are your passions? What, you know, whether knowledge or experiences, all of this is great storytelling. Mm -hmm. And yes, you want to write a bio that's interesting, but these days, again, with social media, you need more than one story. So it's <laughs> cultivating these stories that you're going to share 
that is going to connect with people. Yeah. And if you think about your favorite artists, you probably love them for more than just their music. Oh yeah. You love them because you love their personality. You love the way they look, the way they dress, the way they, or maybe they've t shared something vulnerable about them that you could relate to. There's so much into it that you're like, that makes you be a super fan of someone. Yes. And without that, oh, that's a good song. I may mm -hmm. forget all about you the next yeah. five minutes when another song comes on. But then the next song comes on, and when I go to check them out, there's an interesting story there that draws me in. Or there's an interesting image that draws me in to find out more. Yeah. And then you go down that rabbit hole. And the more you go down and your interest you keeps your interest, well, okay, I'm a fan, I'm a fan of that artist now. Mm -hmm. And so that's the importance of storytelling. Personal branding, it also involves your image, like um, especially for performing artists who <clears throat> are putting, they are the art, um, mm -hmm. you need to have like a consistent professional image, but it has to be authentic. I'm all about the authentic personal branding. So, you know, years ago, labels would put a brand on you or an image on you. I'm not about that. And I think that's why sometimes artists shy away from PR and marketing sometimes try not to even use the marketing terms with artists because they just, uh, <laughs> you know, they want to shy what away. I realized, what I realized when I started studying marketing, because I'd been interested in marketing and doing marketing for my own businesses for years. And then I enrolled in a master, getting a master's degree in marketing. And I realized that marketers are terrible at marketing themselves. Oh, because yeah. people generally don't understand what marketing is, and it has a terrible reputation. It's just like a four-letter word for most yeah. people in society, and that's because marketers are – it's like the doctor who's always sick or the mechanic who always drives a broken-down car. Yeah, It's – you know, we're not good at <laughs> working for ourselves sometimes. And also, like, artists, our brains work differently, you know? Yeah. And so – in my, I've gone to school for many things. Um, and there's always a marketing course. Like mm -hmm. in my photography, there was a marketing course. Makeup, well, not as much. That taught you nothing. Some artists' <laughs> schools don't teach you anything about marketing. Um, music business, marketing. But they're regular college marketing courses. They're not tailored to artists. And right. so how does learning how to market a soda <laughs> help me as an artist. Like yeah, I don't yeah. get it. And even in entertainment management school, it, the marketing course was very focused on buying radio ads and doing those kind of things. And I'm still going, but the artist brain, like how am I supposed to promote myself? Mm. And so it's very different. And that's why I think I love what I can do because I take all that marketing knowledge that I've gained and translate it into how artists can understand it and why it's important and what it is. And so yeah. that's why when I add that, I'm about authentic personal branding. And, and also I'm quick to tell you that personal branding is just you. It's not, mm -hmm. it, all it is is who you are what you stand for, what do you believe in, what your interests are, your personality, that's your brand. Yep. Do you There's ever no find that artists uh, have have uh, trouble figuring that out, like articulating who yeah. they are? Yeah. Well, like a lot of us, we don't take the time to really explore our own life and our own interests. And so many, even starting with, well, what do you want? What is your vision for your future? I don't know. <laughs> you know, no one stopped yeah. to thought, think about that. Or what are your core values? So many never started, never even thought about that. Um, yeah. What do you believe in? And knowing your core values, it's like, 
And that's why sometimes this amazing opportunity comes. And so you go for it because you'd be crazy to turn it down, but not thinking if it's really what you want. And so mm-hmm. you go down that hole and, and then wonder why in the end you're not happy with this success that you got. And it's a lot of times because maybe it doesn't match what you really want, what your values are. And so yeah. by learning and taking the time to explore who you are, your why, core values, beliefs, then when an opportunity comes up, you can, okay, evaluate it. Does this opportunity match what it is I really want? And does it match my core values? Yeah. And what degree, you know, it's, (laughs) and just even evaluating your story, like sometimes you ask like, more about some someone's story they just never really thought about it yeah. and some people do look back i'm i'm more of a looking forward so i don't sometimes it, it's a it's something for me to even look back at my experience and go okay yeah that's you know these are interesting stories to tell um so it's just taking the time to evaluate it and sometimes it does take someone else to point out what's interesting about you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. A lot of times artist bios, it's like boring, 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 boring. Oh my God, something amazing at the end of the (laughs) bio. And you're like, uh, we need to move that to the front. Yeah. It's, and you think, Oh, I, I have this, when I first started, um, you know, creating a website and, marketing my music online uh, properly. Um, I I had a lot of, tr- I got in sort of in, in the weeds, I got lost in the weeds trying to, you know, articulate what I'm about and, and in a way that also I knew would appeal to fans of that kind of music. I play sort of Americana, uh, blues, country folk music, that kind of stuff. And so I spent a long time and eventually I sort of went into sort of looking at the artists that I take inspiration from and sound like, which are people like Tom Waits, Nick Cave, Neil Young, that sort of stuff. And so I was, I kind of um, borrowed aesthetics and some phrases and things like that from those kind of artists. And it was fine. It was, it, it worked. But I don't think it was authentically me. Yeah. Um, but it was good. I mean, it, it did appeal to the right kind of people and, and all of that. But then I was kind of going over it a couple of years later and I was sort of thinking, ah, well, maybe I need to change things around a little bit and revise things as you do. And then I did what you were saying. I just asked someone. I said, well, you know, if you had to describe my music, this was a friend of mine who's listened to everything I've done uh, and who I trust to tell me, the right things. So if, if you had to describe my music to someone, like how would you do it? And he said, "Well, you know, it's it's comforting. It's 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 sort of nice to sit around and and just put on the record and have a cup of hot chocolate." <laughs> and I was kind of that's not because I was kind of going leaning more into like um, you know drinking and that you know hey you know you have a shot of whiskey and and smoke a cigar and that kind of thing. Yeah which is obviously imagery that is connected with that kind of music. But I sort of, oh yeah. And so I decided to try it out. And so I changed everything and I started referring to it as comfort food for the ears and leaning into the, oh, you know, you just sit back, you, you know, under a blanket, it's raining outside and you have a, a nice cup of tea and sitting by the fire and really leaned into exp- you know, describing all the different sensations, because I find that when you're selling art, it's a lot of times, especially when you go through traditional marketing things, it's always, oh, you know, find the pain point. What's the negative? What problem are you solving? And it's, it, it usually starts from a negative point of view, but with art, obviously you're not solving a problem. You're enhancing people's lives. And so you have to start from something positive. And so I started really trying to describe all five senses in my copy, sort of 
sneaking in taste and and uh, smells and sensations. And I found that it aligned a lot more with my values again, because I'm like a homebody. I'm not somebody who likes to go out and party. I used to, but, but I'm yeah. old now. And so I just, I, you know, when I enjoy music, I like to just put on a vinyl record and sit and, and, you know, have a cup of tea, maybe read a book and that's me. And so that aligned a lot closer with my values. And, and I found that the people it attracted were, you know, more interested in what I had to say. Yeah. There's two thoughts came when you were saying like, that's another part is personal branding is what other people think and say about you from what they, sorry, um, from what they, sorry, I'll start over. Um, So personal (laughs) branding is what the people say about you when you're not in the room. Like what is the impression you left? And so it is good to ask people who know you well and see like what, what words come up when you think about me and what I do? Yeah. And what is your impression of it? And maybe what they say is not what you were going for at all. So that's a good thing to know. Yeah. That's what I, that's what was my experience. Yeah. And so it's uh, important to kind of see what people think of you in that sense. And then when it comes to art, in, when we're learning, when we're beginning, of course, we're going to copy, you know, our mentors and, yeah. you know, it's, it's what we're drawn to. We're trying to figure out them. And then the next phase is figuring out your own style. So I think Tom Waits said, uh, all artists are imitating other artists and doing a bad job. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I think I think that's kind of where it all starts. And also, there was somebody who said, and I quote this almost every single episode because it's my favorite quote in the world, and I still haven't figured out who said it. In in my memory, it feels like it might have been Quincy Jones, but I've Googled the hell out of this, and I can't find the quote. Okay. But the quote is, uh, find out who you are and be the shit out of that. <laughs> that's my favorite quote and that's the best advice i've ever gotten as an artist yeah yeah and sometimes it takes us a while to really be ourselves you know it's like if you're entering you know the fashion industry or music industry and you're like experiencing what everyone else is in it for sometimes you you get swept up into it and the rock and roll lifestyle and all that stuff. And it's like, but at some point you, it's good to kind of figure out, well, what is it that you really want and what Mm -hmm. do you stand for? And also being, putting yourself out there, not everyone's going to get you and that's okay. But the ones that get you, they're going to get you and they get the, because you're sharing authentically and you're sharing who you really are. Because if you're not, then you, you may never, you know, you may not have people hating you or loving you because it's just, ah, you're okay. <laughs> you know? So it's better to just say your opinions, say who, who you are. Some people will get it. Some people won't. Some people will like it. Some people won't. But that's okay because then that's your true fans, true people that appreciate you. Yeah. One thing that I... Uh... I, it really helped me get get over my fear of sharing because I've you know like I said I have anxiety I had a lot of trouble getting my music out there and getting a lot of things out there and one of the things that helped me get over that fear was the realization that most people never ever think about you like people in general spend almost no time thinking yeah. about you. And even if you uh, do something embarrassing or whatever, something happens that uh, is, is exactly what you were afraid of or whatever, nobody's going to care. Like, yeah. unless you hurt someone, you're going to be fine. Yeah, I know. And it's, it's uh, you know, me putting myself out there, too. It's like I before I could be behind the scenes and now I'm you know, trying to learn how to tell the right stories and emails and posts. And um, 
I had a story because I'm in a copywriting program as well. And I wrote this story like last July and I was so proud of it. It was such a good story. And, but I kept onto it. I didn't release it because, well, that's one story. I got to, you know, if I'm going to send emails regularly or share this as a blog post, I want to have the follow-up to it. I never got there. So it's been sitting there. (laughs) I finally put it out. Nobody cares. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Oh, well, (laughs) but I'm proud of the story. It will give me inspiration to come up with more stories. Um, But yeah, it's like you, you just have to be okay with that. And the more, and tell more stories, like keep going and putting yourself out there because yeah, yeah. You, and also when you start to share more vulnerability about yourself, you know, when I started doing that, it's like such a huge thing to tell this story that's really not personal at all, but I feel it is. And then you put it out there and it's no big deal. And so the more you do it, the more you get comfortable doing it and it's not as big of a deal. Uh, and, and it's, you know, and of course, of course, people have different comfort zones and some things are too far outside the comfort zone. Uh, and so that's something that everybody needs to figure out for themselves. But I have found that the more I'm willing to step outside my comfort zone and be vulnerable and share things, and this is just on my personal like Facebook account and all different things like that, just share the struggles that I'm going through personally and sharing very personal things uh it it really gets a lot of uh reactions very positive reactions and those things make sure that that's again it it makes you stand out and i know that a lot of the people that have been interacting with those things that i've been expressing myself about you know they're going to remember me the next time they need somebody with my skill set the next time they yeah. you know they want a, a collaborator or whatever i'm going to be on their minds and that's i think uh, at least my experience with you know personal branding is it's a very long game yeah there's no overnight and it's always evolving i don't know how mm-hmm. many times i i rewrite my my intro to my bio or write my rewrite my bio Re- change my title like so many times. <laughs> oh yeah, and yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know how many websites I have <laughs> for different things that I do. Uh, it's exhausting yes. to keep them all updated, and you know that's why I've embraced multi-passionate artists. Yeah, because I was that way too. I would have a website for publicity. I'd have a website for photography. Then I had I started making jewelry, and then I had a mental health blog. And no one knew I did any of it because <laughs> yeah. it's too much and, and yeah. separate lives. You know, it's hard to keep up. And one day I just decided there was a it was maybe a year where I didn't really know what I wanted to do next. I was bored of publicity and I was just like, I'm going to put everything on dianefoy.com and see where it goes. And I might do photography again. I might do, I don't know. And everyone told me it was a horrible idea and <laughs> you're going to confuse your audience. All yeah. this traditional um, advice. No, you need to pick one thing. Why would you give up your company name that everyone knows and all this stuff? And I went, I'm going to do it anyways and see where it goes. And then I was like, no, I think it's, it is good to kind of share everything that you are. And if you're multi-passionate, then you can't just pick where it's a, I learned that it's a personality trait, the multi-potentiality. And I saw Emily Wapnick's Ted talk and all was right with the world. I don't know if you've seen this TED talk, but Emily Wapnick. Ah. And she is she basically talks about how you know, when you're a kid and people say what are you going to be when you grow up? And if you if you kind of said five different things, the adult in your life probably said that's cute, but you need to pick one thing. 
Mm -hmm. And she started telling her own story. And it was like she was telling my story. The job descriptions or interests might be different, but it was like, you know, when she wanted to do this and she was full on, she was like in a punk band. Maybe you've heard of us. And she's just like, you know, going into that. Then I wanted to be a lawyer. I went to law school and I did all that. And then I wanted to do this. And and each time, after a while, when you do that, you start to think there's something wrong with you. Because why can't I just stick with one thing? Why do I get bored after I mm-hmm. learn enough about something? And I want to go over here of like, oh, discover this new thing. And then you want to learn everything to do it. It's your new calling. And and so she's telling this story. And then what it is, it's the multi-potentialite. You're a multi-potentialite. Or it's a psychology term, multi-potentiality. And so it's a, it's a mindset that it's just we're wired differently than everyone else. And there are, and then she goes on about telling about what the superpowers are of being a multipotentialite because we can pick up things so fast because we're always learning new things. So being yeah. a beginner is just, we just pick up things really fast. We have so much knowledge and experience to draw on that we're very creative. And it was like, oh, see, I knew I was right when I saw that TED talk. <laughs> like I knew I was right and so more and more people are embracing this multi-potentialite multi-passionate and saying it's okay and so even at that time I still kind of fell into taking everyone's advice and only focusing on coaching but I feel now that I can kind of just be like it's part of your brand. And my favorite clients have been musicians, actors who also have other things. And they would yeah. come to me I'm as, as my, my branding and marketing used to be very, I help musicians and actors. And so musicians and actors would come to me and I'd start to work with them. And I would learn that Yes, I'm a singer-songwriter, but I'm also a yoga instructor, and I'm really interested in sound healing. And I would get excited yeah, that you want to do all those things. Or you're a singer-songwriter, and you're a filmmaker-animator? That's cool. And <laughs> to them, it was surprising that I was excited about it, because everyone else says, "That's you're confusing. It's like too much. Yeah. Like, you know." So I've embraced it, and... Now I want to draw in. If you're one of those people, I get you. I understand you. Oh my God. You, I, it's like you're describing me. I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I'm a theater director. That's, I have, that's my first master's degree. And now yeah. I'm getting my second in marketing. I'm a, I've, I've, I'm a writer. I've published a, a novel and I've written several ones. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, songwriting is my, sort of main thing, but I'm also like my job in songwriting has mostly been in theaters where I'm an actor as well. Right. Um, And so a lot of the things that I've done has been, you know, writing music for shows and then also performing in them and acting in them. Uh, So, and, and that's, I think where I'm the happiest because it's like, I'm doing multiple things at the same time and it's great. Uh, so, oh man, I know what you mean. Uh, and, and I'm now like trying and although, you know, I, I do, I I love what you're saying about embracing it, but I do sometimes have to like stop myself. Like the other day I was lying in bed and I had this business idea and like half the night was gone. And I was like, I had this whole thing like, yeah, no, yeah, I can just do this. And then I can, and, and until I was like, yeah, okay. But I'm, I'm kind of in the middle of a <laughs> of a thing here. I I should probably see that through before starting a new business. Yes. So uh so I do I do try to exercise some de- self-discipline when it comes to these things, but I I just I loved what you were just saying about yes, this is who we are and I need to 
obviously listen to this TED talk, you're going to have to send me a link. Yes. To and also there's a book that you should read of what you just mentioned. Um, Barbara Shear. She's actually the, one of the very first people to talk about this personality trait. Um, Emily's just the newer, younger one that's right. putting it out there. But uh, Barbara Shore has a book called Refuse to Choose. And oh, cool. she calls us scanners. Then there's also a book called The Renaissance Souls. We're Renaissance Souls. Yes. Emily calls us multipotentialites. And she even says she thinks it's funny that as a community, we can't agree on what we're called. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Barbara Shear in her book, Refuse to Choose, has a really good idea. I haven't actually implemented it yet, but she suggests for all of us that have a million ideas all the time, sometimes we can be satisfied with just fleshing out the idea. And yeah. we may return to it one day later and we might not. But she has this idea of having this book. And when you get that idea for that new business or that new product or that new piece of art, you could, you know, draw it, write it, get it all out on the paper. And then sometimes that's enough and you're satisfied and you'll move on. Or yeah. you might continue with it. But I kind of like that idea of having a book where you can capture all your ideas and I thought about starting that because I always have like jewelry ideas, but right now my focus is not that. So I have to kind of put it aside. Yeah. That's the thing. Like what really helped me was I hate the advice of you can't do something or. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the worst thing you can say to me, you can't do Don't that. tell me I can't do something, but it is true that we, we can't do it all at once. That and so how you were saying, like, you can't follow that business idea now because you have other priorities. And I yeah. think that's also to like figure out what your priorities are. And so it helped that I didn't have to say goodbye to all the million things I want to do, but I can put them on hold, put them in this box over here and yeah. focus on your number one priority what is the one thing that you can kind of make something out of, make a career, make money? What is going to mm -hmm. get that going? Then when that's kind of a success or enough, then you can add that next thing in. And next thing is layering. Yeah. I use JLo as a great example of that because, you know, she, now she's global superstar Jennifer Lopez, but she didn't start out doing all that. She was a right. dancer. Then she wanted to be an actor. She was an actor. Then she was a singer. Mm -hmm. Then she can start mingling it all together. And yes. now she keeps adding more and more things. And so that's as artists. And I think this idea by Barbara Shear is having this book is like, you know, we can have all of our ideas and even inspiration when we're thinking about something else. We can look through it and go, huh, I forgot about that idea. I should use yeah. that over here. <laughs> you know? yeah. So, yes. I, I love that uh, I, I'm, in a, I'm in a mastermind group. Uh, and for anybody out there who, who doesn't know what a mastermind group is, it's, uh, it's basically a group that you meet to, to stay motivated, to do whatever it is that you're doing and, and keep yourself accountable. And, um, so I'm in, I'm actually in a couple, but I mean, one like business mastermind group where we meet every two weeks and there's this great thing that we do where, where we together identify the one thing we can do that's going to have the most impact in our business yeah. over the next two weeks. And we commit to doing that one thing over those two weeks. Yeah. And I think that's great for this and I, I try to implement this in other areas of my life as well even when it's just me i have like a planner where i do this week by week and quarter by quarter and things and um where i just say okay i know i can't do everything that i want to do but what's the one thing that i can do this week or maybe two or three things that are going to move the needle for me that are going to get me closer to my goals and i think that's really helped me stay focused a little bit and uh you know and for 
I recommend this for, for my clients, for songwriters to say, okay, you know, yes, you may want to, and especially because again, like I said, sometimes it's hard to see the forest for the trees when it comes to all the different PR things and social media and whatnot that we have to do. Uh, and, and that we need to have like a routine around those things to just do them, uh, and, 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 and make them sort of automatic. But, um, it's, it's, it's easy to lose sight of, okay. I mean, are you still creating songs? Because as a songwriter, if you're not writing songs, then you're not gonna, it's not, it's not 1970 anymore where you can release an album and then tour and make a ton of money. You have to be producing more and more stuff. That's the fact of the matter. It's all about your output. Like your income is going to be proportional to your output. Yeah. And, and that of course, also in terms of stories for social media and, and your mailing list and, and what have you. But, uh, so you need to every now and then just stop and think, okay, is my next step? I mean, is this what will bring me the most benefit, the thing that I'm doing right now, or is there something else, something else that I could be doing that's going to move me further along? Yeah. So, so I think those, that's like for people like us, that's a very good thing to have in mind quite often is like, I I'm enjoying what I'm doing and, and it feels like work. It feels like, you know, I'm not just browsing YouTube, but is it moving me closer to my goal? Yeah, it's too easy to get distracted and go down the the hole of, you know, social media. Yep. But I work with artists too, just how to set goals and how to, and I am one that struggles with it too. So like, I'm with you, but I've learned yeah. the strategy and sometimes I have to take my own advice. And sometimes when I, I used to be very go with the flow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah wherever and that's why i would go in different directions and for sometimes not be very successful because i forget about the whole money making thing you're supposed to be doing and (laughs) you know be like i'm gonna go do this and i'm gonna do that and it helps to really how i was saying we talk about the vision but then we talk about okay what are like the main goals for your year and break it down like Okay, if that's what you want to accomplish a year from now, then break it down. What do you need to do for the next 12 months? Mm-hmm. What do you need to do in t- month 12? What do you need to do in month 10, month 6, month 3? And you yep. get it, you break it down. It helps you figure out whether it's realistic because we always overshoot it. So sometimes we have to adjust the timeline. It, well, or or undershoot it. Or undershoot it, it. Maybe it doesn't take. You no, know, I, I had to. I, I was just actually a couple of episodes ago. I went through this whole. That's a, a big part of my coaching program as well. Is just setting like the right goals. The you know the uh, the goals that you need to set and set them in the correct way. Yeah. And uh, and my friend, my client, who I was going through that with, his his original goal was like wait, he like his one year goal was what he should have done as his three month goal. Right. So, you know, I was like, no, 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 you you can't take a year to do this. No, you do this in three months. And then, you know, then we shoot for that in 12 months. And, uh, so I think goals need to, I don't know if you know, smarter goals, but one of the, one of the things in there is risky, you know, the goal needs to be, you need to stretch it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I find, I, I guess I underestimate how much time things are going to take. Yeah, that's I, I tend to do that as well, but you know, there it's, it's either or. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So, uh, this has been so we could we could talk for days, I think. Uh, but I think uh, before we say goodbye, uh, first of all, let's just say it again, it's Diane Foy slash Freebie. Yes. That's where you get the playbook, and and everybody. I mean, we've only scratched the surface. I thought we would go through everything that's in there. And oh, yeah. We've gone through. We got like, to number two. <laughs> we're we're on page five of uh, of fourteen. <laughs> so so we yeah we 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 hardly. I feel they're the, the most surface. important parts. Yeah, I feel like the social media publicity stuff, like that, can come later. If you don't yeah. have those first stuff that we talked about, you're not going to have much success with the others. You need a solid foundation. Yeah. 
But uh, you also have a podcast. Yes. And I've changed the name of that. <laughs> of course. It was the Sing, Dance, Act, Thrive podcast um, for about, I don't know, 60 some odd episodes. Um, because I was focused on the performing artists, the singers, mm -hmm. dancers, actors, that that's what I was um, more focusing on. And I would interview more successful. I interviewed a little bit more celebrity types and had some solo shows, but it's really only, even though I've known about the multi-potentialite, multi-passionate, and I've, I've still described myself as a multi-passionate, but I haven't gone kind of all in on it um, until like maybe last summer, last fall. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, you know what? I'm tired of carpenta. I can't even speak that word, say that word, but like how you put everything in different Com lives and different boxes and compartmentalize. Yes. I had to and use that word earlier this evening and I had ran into the same trouble. So I've trained my mouth <laughs> now. So I'll say it for you. Compartmentalize. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I, I do say that, you know, they have been my favorite clients, but I've kind of, I just decided to go all in and, you know, even my bio, even though I said I'm a multi-passionate creative, there was really no thing about that. I was a photographer, that I was a makeup artist, that I was all these other things. And, yeah. and so I'm starting to embrace that. And I thought, I think even in the coaching world, I was listening to that advice of like, you got a niche down, you got a niche down. Cause when I first started coaching, it'd be like all creatives, all artists is who I want to help. Yes, most of my experience has been with performing artists, but I'm not a performing artist. I'm a photographer, makeup artist, visual artist. Um, so why can't I serve all? But, you know, the niching advice, you got to niche down. So then I was like, <laughs> performing artists. Okay, but then is it all performing artists? I'm like, okay, fine. It's musicians and actors. but I'm, And they still want you to go even further and pick one. But I mm -hmm. refused. Um, yeah. So that's how I was really like focusing on musicians and actors, but any musician and actor. And so now I find when I really go in on multi-passionate musicians and actors and all artists, that it is that artist, that musician that also does these other things. And I do all these other things. So, I figured by changing the podcast to multi-passionate artists, it opens it up that I can interview different types of artists. And so that's interesting to me. And I feel like with all that separating, even working with musicians and actors, it's like, why don't you guys talk to each other? Because you can learn so much from each other's industries and how mm. you build it. And so that's kind of the point of embracing multi-potentialites, multi-passionate, and also just to open it up to other artists besides musicians and actors. Musicians and actors are still my heart. So that's who I focus, but it's interesting to talk to other types of artists as well. So that's my podcast. I hope to add more solo shows and sharing more of my knowledge. Um, but there we go. It's multi-passionate artists and basically anything you can get from the dianefoy.com. There's links to everything there. So, yeah. And I'll put a link in the show notes as well. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, thanks so much. I've had a blast. I'm so excited about all this stuff. And uh, you've introduced me to uh, why I I now know why I am the way I am, and I didn't know that before talking to you. So, oh, amazing! This has been a real learning experience. Well, that's the other me. reason I've embraced multi-passionate because so many multi-passionate or multi-potentialites don't even know that they are. Yeah. So that's you know, and, why and, I've gone all in on it. And I, I applaud you for it. I'm, I'm subscribing. I'm listening to every single episode, uh, and I hope everybody who's listening uh, will do that as uh, will do that as well. Thanks again so much. Uh, Thank you. And uh, yeah, I hope to talk to you later. Bye.
Great. Mm -hmm.